Deep Knitter contains explicit content. It is also fact-checked-ish. We try our best. Listener discretion is advised. This is Deep Nerder, the podcast where we talk about true crime, nostalgia, murder. These are your hosts, Kelsey. I'm Jill. And I'm Britt. Booyah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed in the coffin. If I don't, like, I have to tie a hairband around the cat, like, cupboard where I keep all their stuff because my cat knows how to flick it open and I have come home to food bags just, like, shredded. And I'm yeah. like, you little fucks, I fed you this morning at 8 a.m. And then... They wanted snacks. home at, like, 4 o'clock and they're like, fuck you, I ripped it open. And I'm like, like this you. is expensive. My cats, they have an automatic feeder. And the reason why they have that is because they would scream at me at like 6 a.m. and my husband would lose his shit. So now we have an automatic feeder, so they don't, which is, trust me, if you don't have one, get one. However, one time I didn't clip the lid on properly and those fuckers busted it open and ate $70 worth of medical cat food. I was like, I'm throwing you guys outside the window. Goodbye. Obviously, I didn't do that, but, you know. That scene from... That scene from Anchorman where Jack Black punts the dog Baxter off the bridge, like <laughs> that fucking scene plays in my head constantly whenever I'm mad and I'm just like, like I'd never do it, but I'm like that, that's satisfying. It's like people who like, I was talking to a, cl- a client today about how uh, a teacher in Surrey burned down one of the high schools I might've <laughs> gone to. And I was like, that's stupid, but like how fucking cathartic would that have felt just to like light that match and just torch it first of all we don't condone animal abuse ever 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 or arson but yeah that shit would feel good like it would feel so good that's like one of those it's like an intrusive thought like when you're driving and you're like i could turn this car into a tree i'm not going to but i could like really fucking easy and then what would they think but yeah and it's, it's like, you know, when you're a little kid and you don't pay for anything and you use so much shampoo <laughs> and you grow up and you use just the little dollop. Oh my God. Like <laughs> one pump and I'll wash my hair every four days. Thanks. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, and recently I've been on like my gym kick. Right. So like a few, some days I go to CrossFit and I go to spin class. So like Oh, and I've also started this thing because I work from home still and I don't want to be a complete sloth. I will wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is like have a rinse off because I just feel like it gets me, I don't know, emotionally where I need to be when I wake up and I'm still in my house. So I like wake up, have a rinse off, and then I work for a bit and then I go to CrossFit, come home, shower, and then I work more. And then later in the evening, I go to spin class sometimes. And so Jordan's like, how many fucking showers are you having in one day? And I was like, hmm. So they had three. <laughs> one, one was a rinse. One was a rinse. I had a shower when I got home from work, which is like kind of rare, but I did it because I wanted to put more self-tanner on and it works best if my skin's clean. Hey, I like so that. I'm all for it. Instead of eating dinner, I covered myself in self-tanner and then just stood in my bathroom while I air-dried. Do you like it? Is it working still? I yeah. Want to get, I want to get I'm it. like a bronze goddess. I just have like enough glow that it's realistic, but I don't have that like glow that I had when I was 18 and realized I could buy a membership to a tanning salon. And then ba-bam, she orange. 
We've all been there. I grew up with Xtina, so, you know. And today we're covering Jersey Shore crimes. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're still in TGI land. And uh, by my husband's pick, we are covering bum, 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 dinosaurs, the sitcom. Wow. Yeah, dinosaurs. Thank you. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about this show. <laughs> But also, I love it so much. I uh, I love this show. Yeah. Well, as we talked about the last, I have the box set. But yes, correct. It's on Disney Plus. So there you go. Yeah. And as we talked about before, we all had a weird crush on Robbie. Robbie, man. Damn. That, it's those fucking droopy spikes, man. It was like so emo. He had like emo spikes. Right, but he used to kind of walk like Dan- Danny Zuko. Like he'd walk yeah. in his, like Letterman. He'd just saunter. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's a bad boy. And I was like, what's up? I want to take you home. Not what? to mom. Ew. Whatever. He's a dinosaur. Yeah, but I'm not thinking that way. I was a little kid. I was like, my 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 sexual awakening might have been, I, I can't remember, so I cannot tell you, but it could have been Robbie Sinclair and I don't know I'm like he looks he looks cool Fuck. that's that's how confused I felt when I watched the new Star Wars and I was like do I like Adam Driver I thought he was gay oh, no. <laughs> and then I watched girls and I was like you know what I don't like Adam Driver I just like Kylo Ren that's fair you know what good for you good for you thank you yes uh I don't know if I like I don't know if I like Kylo Ren because he's kind of a whiny baby but I like Adam Driver but I'm not gay so that makes sense fast check out fast check out okay so dinosaurs so what is dinosaurs what is that you may ask you're probably not because you should know what this is but it is an American family sitcom television series that aired on ABC from April 26th 1991 through October 19th, 1994. And then reruns were shown on the Disney Channel, which I really appreciate. This show is about a family of anthropomorphic dinosaurs, which if you don't know what that means, it means they walk on two legs. It was produced by Michael Jacobs Productions and Jim Henson's television. Ever heard of it? In association. Yeah. in In association with Walt Disney Television and then distributed by... Buena Vista International Inc. Which if you, you know, you remember when you're watching like Scooby-Doo or whatever. It was like, uh, yeah. yeah. The characters were designed by Henson team member Kirk Thatcher. I wanted to talk about him for a wee bit because he's sort of fucking cool. Cool. Let's you know, hit his, it. his first job, like he rolled out of film school and was like i work on return of the jedi as a technical assistant jesus fuck (laughs) like i don't i don't want to say he wasn't talented because he was incredibly talented obviously but i feel like he was born in a sweet spot where he was you know because he's like here's the here's a position um kurt was born february 14th uh, 1962 just to give you that idea so when he was, he left UCLA film school and went directly to work with George Luke. Damn. <laughs> no. Straight to the top. Fucking started from the bottom. Now he's here. Now he's here. Um, so he worked on, 
he eventually ended up with uh, the Jim Henson Company. But he worked on so many different things. And this I thought was super cool. So he, he was hired <laughs> by Leonard Nimoy to associate produce Star Trek. Oh, the yeah. You have home. to. Yeah. <laughs> so Star Trek, The Voyage Home. Also in that, he portrayed this character called Punk on the Bus. So he pulled a, like a Hitchcock where he played. He had a character. Or like Who else does that? M. Night Shyamalan. Is it? Yeah, he's like in every single one of his movies, and every I time like, excited, and I don't know why. Who's that other fucking weirdo? He makes weird movies, Pulp Fictiony. Kevin Smith. No. Oh, what's his fuck? Quinn. Quinn Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah, 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 he yeah, does yeah. it too. Yeah. Wow. He, did, he does it too. He does it, it all too. out. <laughs> no, we leave that. It's fine. It's cool. It's cool. So, in in Star Trek. I haven't seen this, so this is just, I'm reading this, but he portrayed a character called Punk on the Bus. And then later in 2017, he, what did he do? He helped, he was credited along with three writers of the film for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Fuck. Spider-Man Homecoming is bomb. Yeah, and he had a character, he had a cameo appearance as a punk rock guy as an homage to the Star Trek film. That's darling. Right? I when I read that I was very jazzed, super jazzed. That's New Spider-Man is bomb. I haven't seen that one yet, but I know it's good. What? I, I just there's so much in my life right now. I will get there. It's so good. I'm so far. I'm almost done Dexter. Just leave me be. Oh, just save your time. I can't though. It's a tr- it's a fiery train wreck, and we can talk about it later. But when you're done, I need you yes, to message me because, like, I need to know how you feel. The whole thing about Lumen, like, just cut all that shit out. Like, oh ugh. god, oh my, such a waste of time. Sorry, Julia Styles, you're fucking great, but like, such a waste of time. Anyways, I hate it not- because there's a color line called Elumen. So every time I hear her name, I just think like hair. And then I'm like, wow, this whole season got me thinking about work. Thanks, Dexter. I was trying to think about murder. Why did they name her Lumen? Like Luminol? Like the fuck? Like get oh, more 100% that's why. Because she makes creative. like blood show up. Ugh. Anyways, we're like, we can't. Let's just stop this. <laughs> All yeah. right. All right. So. To go more into Kurt Thatcher, because I just had to, he also helped make, he made a lot of stuff, but I'm just going to go for some specific things that are, like, important to me. Whatever. So, he uh, co-wrote a lot of the Muppet films. Nice. Obviously, right? Uh, Muppet Treasure Island, for one, which I was terrified of as a young child. Like, I remember them being like, the black spot and then i would shut it off the vcr oh my god yeah turn off off the vcr and fucking yeeted well it was like that terrifying he looked kind of like a pirate skexy yeah i was like no thank you so that i wanted to bring up because i loved it but yeah so lots of muppet stuff like muppets christmas muppets wizard of oz uh oddly robert de niro's tribeca film festival (laughs) wow cool 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 he also again, near and dear to my heart, has written episodes for Cartoon Network's Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Oh, cute. I loved that show so much. But anyways, so this guy, solid guy. So I'm happy he had a hand in it. He did an amazing job. 
Five stars, as you say. I'm stealing your It's fucking tight. Yeah. All right. All right. So, dinosaurs, back on track. So, basically, this show was not supposed to happen, in theory. It was the brainchild of Jim Henson. He had a vision for this. I believe around uh, 1988, he was like, I want to do a family sitcom. I'm kind of riffing right now. I know he didn't say this, but I'm assuming it's like, if I was Jim Henson, it's like, oh, it's going to be kind of like Archie Bunker. Um, like, I don't know if Married with Children was out at this time, but it, it kind of portrays that kind of home life. But essentially like an Archie Archie Bunker sort of nuclear family unit, but dinosaurs, no people. And everybody that he worked with were basically thinking he was completely nuts and they were not down with this idea up until the incredible success of The Simpsons. Because why can't a family of yellow cartoon characters make it big? <laughs> it's true. You just have to have good characters. Like, I like the Oblongs for a series of time, and that show was really fucked up. Dude, the Oblongs. It's like why Family Guy does so good. American Dad. They're all the same show. They're just slightly different characters. They're just all a bunch of really fucked up white people. Just colored different colors. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, so that's essentially what happened. The everyone was like, "You're, it's you're not. This isn't going to work. You're not thinking straight." And the success, the success of The Simpsons kind of created that platform for him. So, unfortunately, however, Jim Henson did die a year before the premiere. But uh, it's uh, there's uh, some notes online that say he worked on it to the very last few months of his life. So he was very committed. Um. That's <laughs> so the television, the television division of the Walt Disney Company began working on the series in 1990 for CBS before the series landed on ABC, which, as we know, Disney eventually acquired. Uh, they made sure there was lots of homages to Jim Henson because he was so invested in the creation of this show. Mm -hmm. The Vulture wrote that upon the premiere of the show, it was a absolute hit. And Michael Jacobs stated that this was why the network did not interfere much with the production. So like I mentioned, because it was this brainchild of Jim Henson and everyone was working so hard on it, the network really kind of left it alone. They were just- That's fucking tight. Yeah, which I, I you don't see that often. So I appreciate that. Uh, apparently, though, the ratings did suffer from the show being moved to different time slots on the network, which is too bad. The animatronics made for the show were incredibly expensive. A quote from Stuart Pankin recalling that I heard it was the most expensive half hour TV show, at least at this point. And that contributed to the cancellation of it, which so Jim Henson in the years before he passed, like before he even developed the concept of this TV show, had been working with another gentleman on animatronic dino dinosaurs for like a kind of more colorful history show. Mm -hmm. So he had taken that idea and used it in this show. So like as much as these are puppets, these were animatronic outfits. Like these dinosaurs were for the time for like the eighties, this was, this was a Disneyland ride. This was very expensive. That's so cool. I love animatronics. 
Yo. so much more than like CGI. Like I appreciate a good puppet so much more than I appreciate like a good mix in of like computer graphics. Yo, that's why I think that's why I love Star Wars so much. Like the original Star Wars. Oh, when they redid Jabba the Hutt, like why did you do that? It was so unnecessary. Do you mean in which one? Like a new hope or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when they redid the originals and they made Jabba like completely CGI and changed a bunch of stuff, and I was like, he was good as the gross, slimy puppet thing. See, I understand why they did that because technology got new, and George Lucas is kind of like, I don't know, he's he's a creative and he wants to try new things and like. I understand why they did it. I just don't think they understood how invested their fan base was, you know? Because, like, well, I agree. I agree. I grew up with puppets. Like, you grew up with puppets. And I think puppets are the shit. And, like, truly, they're, as a, as a an animator and designer myself, personally, and I will admit, technology is bonkers. And we could do so much cool shit now. But, like... There's just something about it actually being there, you know? Yeah. Like, I appreciate it, and I like it in new stuff, but I don't like when there's a remake, and then I have to compare my puppets to the CGI, because, like, even, when, like, The Witches, the new movie oh, that came out with Anne Hathaway, yeah. the original with Angelica Houston is so much better to me with, like, the weird prosthetics and the cartooniness and, like, the Muppets. Like, it's just better than the one where they tried to like cgi her into a snake and then made the mice very strange i, I agree but i i like i appreciate i'm coming at it like i appreciate both of them but yes i i understand what you're saying i have i love i just i'm i'm with you i love i love the puppets mm -hmm. they're just they're so good they're so good and i understand they're expensive and and CGI is expensive, and I know in some aspects you can save money using CGI. In some aspects, you clearly do not. But there's just something special about the puppets. And you know, maybe if if we weren't raised on those, we wouldn't have that appreciation. Like I'm sh maybe that I don't know. We should ask a Gen Z or whatever they're called, a younger breed. Yeah, and like be like, yo, do you, does does this have the same impact on you, or is it just us because it's nostalgic? It's true. We need, we need to do like, a quiz. Yeah, we need like a controlled experiment or something. A poll. So what is the plot of dinosaurs, you may ask? Well, I will tell you. This is funny that I didn't pick this up when I was little because it's somewhat educational, I guess. Dinosaurs is initially set in a very long time ago. It's a big number. BC in Pangea. <laughs> <laughs> Scared off by the math. Always, always. And it's bad because I, whatever. The show centers around the Sinclair family. Earl Sneed Sinclair, the father. This, this part's just for you, Jill. Fran Sinclair. Nee Phillips. Oh, Nee got another role? This time know. she's playing a dinosaur? She's not just Topanga Lawrence? The actress. The actress from... <laughs> Boy Meets World, Nee Lawrence has showed up in... I'm giving you the quietest <laughs> applause, like fucking golf clapping so hard at you because like, wow. I got Italian hands. 
like Italian chef kiss to you, my guy, because the the knee Lawrence will go down in history for me. Fuck, I'm stupid. God damn it. Okay, yeah. So, hey, it's good. It's healthy to laugh at yourself. So, if I if I must give myself a platform where people have to listen to my dumb voice, I may as well have fun with it. Exactly. So, knee Phillips, the mother. There are three children. Their son, Robbie, their daughter, Charlene, and their infant baby. It's just called Baby Sinclair. I didn't even know that. It's Baby Sinclair. No name. Just a baby. Yeah. And just Fran Mother's Ethel. Fran's mother, Ethel. Earl's job is to push over trees at Waseco Corporation with his friend and co-worker, Rob Hess, where they work under the supervision of their boss, Bradley P. Richfield. Do you, like, love the name of his job? Yeah, he's just pushing trees over. No, he works for We Say So. Yeah. Like, because We Say So. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking kills me. That's but hilarious. That's also, what the boss, uh, what's his name, Bradley Bradley P. Richfield would say all the time. He's like, why am I doing this? He's like, We Say So. Yeah, I never got it when I was little. I was always like, why is this fucking stupid idiot saying his business name over and over again? Like, that's not how you answer a question. And then I grew up and I was like, oh, because we say so. so mad. He's so angry. So the characters, there's Earl Sneed Sinclair, who's played by Stuart Pankin. He is a megalosaurus. And Stu Pankin was also the commander Edward Plank in the Xenon trilogy. Oh, fucking Xenon. Mint. Zetus Lapidus. Zetus Lapidus forever. Oh, my God. I mean, he did other stuff, but I was, you know, going to bring that up. Xenon is. Oh, fuck. Xenon. The 21st century, man. Oh, she's so good. She's so good. Uh, Francis Joanna Fran Phillips Sinclair played by Jessica Walter. I'm sure you know, but if you don't know, Arrested Development. Oh my God, right? She's Lucille Bluth. Uh, Rest in peace. How much is a banana? Isn't that what she says? I don't know. I've only watched it once. Oh God, I love her. But uh, Fran is a Allosaurus. I mean, I'm bringing these dinosaurs up for a reason, but like, obviously they're relevant to what I'm talking about, but I'll get to it. So Robert Robbie Sinclair, played by Jason Willinger, is a, oh my God, I practiced this one. Hephistosol, uh, oh, fuck me. Hephistosolodon. Nailed it. I don't think so. Some 10-year-old is mad at me somewhere. Ross Geller is mad at you. Ross Geller is super bad at me. But Jason Will- Willinger played additional voices in it, the film A Goofy Movie. Ah, a Goofy Movie is so the perfect cast. Right? So Robbie was also in the Goofy Movie. Powerline. Oh, so damn. good. You know what I like? Sorry, as I yell. And Goofy's like a single dad just killing it for his son every day. Absolutely. But what I like is, so I went to Disneyland on my honeymoon, as one does. And so Powerline, the shit, but Disney has redone the coloring of Powerline and made him look more black. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. So in all the merch in Disneyland, he looks more black, which I mean, I don't know if that's good enough, but it's a step. I think that's legit. That's so cool. Because he went from the OG Goofy movie as like a whitish looking character portraying a black character to now the merch representing that he's actually a darker skinned individual. So I'm down. Uh, yeah, I, he's like a he look he's like a Michael Jackson. Yeah. So now now he looks he has a darker complexion. I'm here for it. Good. Yeah. So there's that. Charlene Fiona Sinclair, played by Sally Struthers. Yo, that's my main <laughs> bitch from Gilmore Girls. I that know. is fucking Babette. I am I all over that bitch. She all the time. Oh my god, I love Sally Struthers. I fucking love her. Yeah, and she was also in All in the Family with Archie Bunker, which is hilarious because we I referenced that earlier. So, but I, I read that and I was like, Gilmore Girls, Jill's gonna lose her mind. Yeah, I fucking I love. Babette so much it is she's in my Facebook address <laughs> to like my my like you know how you had to create like your own Facebook address at one point in your life yep. I fucking made it a quote about her from Gilmore Girls amazing that's how much I love her <laughs> so Charlene is a protoceratops because she has that fan thing right correct Fuck yeah, dinosaurs. And Baby Sinclair, played by Kevin Clash, whom is also friggin' Elmo. What? Yas. You know what? Now that you say that, I'm like, their voices are both very like, <laughs> kind of, you know? Yeah. And Baby Sinclair is a Megalosaurus. So riddle me this. How does a Megalosaurus and an Allosaurus give birth to a Hippos... Oh, fuck that. Whatever Robbie is. A protoceratops and another megalosaurus. I gotta say this. Hif- hif- why am I like this? Hypocilodon. Hypsilophodon. Hypsilophodon? Doesn't matter. We're moving on. <laughs> what, right? Like a megalosaurus and an allosaurus don't create a protoceratops? A- yeah, and a pure another pure megalosaurus, and then Robbie's breed. I mean, I appreciate that they're all not the same dinosaur, but also like, yeah, that does not check out. <laughs> like, thank you for including all the different races of dinosaurs. This show is more inclusive than most. But can you riddle me how? Maybe this they're just taking eggs from nests. Oh my god, they just get their eggs mixed up at the hospital. They like drop the bundle of eggs and they're like, oh fuck, because all the like stickers came off them and they're just like, I don't know, rock, paper, scissors. It's the 80s. (laughs) Oh my god, it's the 80s and we're dinosaurs. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I should also add for these characters. So Earl Sinclair, his face and head operations were done by a gentleman named Dave Gwells and Mark Wilson. Franz were done by Alan Trotman. Robbie's were done by Steve Whitmire and uh, Jillian Bouchard. Charlene's were done by Bruce Lan- Lan- Bruce Linnell. I'm okay. It's fine. And Baby Sinclair's were done by Kevin Clash and John Kennedy. John Kennedy did the eyes specifically. 
That's so pretty like, cool. Like these, your were, jobs just to like move a puppet around. That's pretty fucking cool. These, yeah, there's like a these things were very robust. Okay, we have a bunch of cool supporting characters. We have Ethel Hinkman Phillips, who was the grandmother, which I remember in that one episode we talked about how in dinosaurs. <laughs> You they just like, push them off a cliff. Yeah, when they get too old, they huck them off a cliff. So here's Ethel. She lives to see another day. <laughs> <laughs> Ethel is played by Florence Stanley. Uh, there's Roy Danger Hess, which is by Sam McMurray, which Roy, I think, was like Robbie's like bad friend. Like, I'm a badass or something at one point. He's so cool. Yeah, he's probably so cool. smoking or something. He had like a, a shell on his back and he was edgy. Or something. I remember him, yeah. Bradley P. Richfield, which would be the boss, which is played by Sherman Hemsley. So he was on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and All in the Family uh, and The Jeffersons. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Monica DeVertbray, hilarious, played by Susie... Plaskin, Spike, remember Spike? Spike. Spike was Robbie's best friend. Yes. Yes. He was played by Christopher Peter Milani, who was from NYPD. And, right? Am I saying that right? NYPD. Yeah, NYPD and Law and Order. Right? That's correct. I think so. Oh, no, sorry. Just just Law and Order. Yes. You got this. Thank you. But anyways, so Christopher Milani, he's from Law and Order. He's from Wet Hot American Summer, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, 12 Monkeys, Runaway Bride, and Fear Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, I love Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, and White Castle was very disappointing when I had it for the first time, but I'd still like to eat there again. I, yeah, I, when my, the, we talked about this, the order my friend got looked disgusting. Still would eat it. <laughs> I eat a lot of questionable shit, so it's all good. I probably would too. Ralph Quincy Needlenose, played by Various. Gustav Joseph Gus Spikeback. Played by Various. Sydney, which is so fair. Like, I'm so unfair. Like, Various, come on. Sydney Tiberius Sid Turtlepuss. Played by M- Michelin Stissy. Mr. Pullman by Alan Trotman. Mindy by Jessica Lundry. And Howard Handupum by Kevin Clash, which, you know, is Elmo and the baby. Also, a notable character, Conchetta Farrell, who was the voice of Shelly in the Dinosaurs episode of Dirty Dancing. No, what? Yeah, we talked about this on another episode. It's okay. It's a blur. It's a blur. It's a blur. I already told you before that, like, as soon as we record an episode, I my brain just is like, put that in a storage folder, and I have no clue what we talked about until totally I fair. listen to our episode. Like, my friend will message me and be like, ha, 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 that episode was funny, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yep. So there are 
a bunch of other characters that visit and hang out and it's amazing but yeah that's the gist the dinosaur is is an epic epic show and i truly love it even though it is very misogynistic and kind of sexist and ageist hence pushing the grandmother off a cliff oh my god so amazing and i don't want to be like but it was the 80s but you know like our species is young as fuck and we're awful. I, I guess, like you mentioned, at least it was inclusive as far as the <laughs> dinosaur breeds in the family. So that's cool. I remember I used to watch it and then I'd quote like the baby all the time. I'd always be like, not the mama, not the mama. Always. The mama. always. Like, you know, pretend to hit my dad or something. Like, I thought it was so fucking funny. And I had the whole McDonald's collection of toys. Amazing. And they were like little plastic figurines. And because like I got them in the 90s. Yep. They were, they had like a tube that would go out of their back, like a really thin tube to like a little hand pump. And so to make the toy move, you used to have to like pump it. And then like just their arms would go up and down or something. So like the baby had a little frying pan. You would like pump the pump on its back and his little arm would move the frying pan and like, Earl had a lunchbox and like I don't remember what else, but like their just their arms would go and you have to like sit there and fucking pump this toy because that's how things were when I was a child. I wish I was privy to those toys. I don't think I ever had those toys. I I had like every McDonald's toy ever in this bin. And then when I moved out, it like accidentally got donated and it makes me so sad because I had like every Furby. From McDonald's. I had like the Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, I had like fucking everything. Yeah, money sign, money sign, man. Those are worth eBay money now. It makes me so sad to know that that bin just got like dropped off at some donation place. And I'm like, I had all of them. And I had all the dinosaurs. I had all of them. Mm -hmm. Only child shit. I want it. I got it. (laughs) I remember growing up mcdonald's was like a real treat like mm-hmm. <laughs> like my mom would be like okay tonight we're gonna we're gonna go to blockbusters and the mcdonald's was literally right beside blockbusters so we then we'd go to mcdonald's and we get like our treat but she was so weird about mcdonald's right so it was like it's weird to think that fast food used to be a treat and now it's just a convenience. Like, oh, I don't want to cook and you just have the luxury to order and deliver whatever you want. And back we, then it would be like a treat would be McDonald's well, and you I never mean, got it. Okay. But I mean like luxury in the sense that like it's expensive and you can eat food at home. But like I – that – yes, that's correct. But also I grew up with the understanding that McDonald's was like bad for you. So you're only allowed it one day a week. Via my, yeah. my mother. So we would we'd get McDonald's as like a huge fucking deal. And like that was yeah. that. There was no other day you were going to get it. Right. So like. That's why I, it was a treat because it's hella yeah. bad for you. So like I remember at one moment in my life where I was making my own money. Like I must have been like. I don't know. My first job was when I was 16. But I think this memory is from when I was like 18. But. I remember sitting in McDonald's and eating a Big Mac and just being like, ha, 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 I'm eating a Big Mac. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, you're like, my money. I'm rebelling. 
Yeah. Uh, there you go. I love dinosaurs. I think I should watch them after this. Don't. I already am watching Boy Meets World and it's horrible and amazing at the same time. And I'm like, there are so many other things I could be watching. But no, I'm watching Boy Meets World. So I can't have dinosaurs too. Uh, well, I already have Boy Meets World and Sister Sister on all the time. So. And fucking stupid Dexter. Jesus Christ. Just finish it. It's called a day. I'm power- I can- like I said, I canceled my crave, so I'm powering through it. Ugh. Like powering. This show is stupid. The writers stopped caring. Fuck this show. Why did people like it? <laughs> God, the tip of your iceberg. Wait, you just wait, you. Just wait. Nothing ever gets better uh, in TV shows. Deb. <laughs> Deb. It's not Deb's fault, but the writer for Deb. Oh, Deb. Don't, you know what? That's for another podcast. And she cries. I mean, I love that she cries. Emotions are good. But like, she cries so much where it's like, why are you being, it's almost stereotypical, you know? Yeah, she's a weenie. No, but she's not, though. It's like, they're like, they're it's like, because oh, Dexter has no emotions, yeah, so Deb exactly. needs all the emotions. Exactly. They're like, you're going to cry all the time because you're a woman, and Dexter's not going to flinch because he's a man. But Dexter's also this like horrible, horrible, troubled man that never had a childhood, so he's imagining his dead father hanging out with him all the time, giving him oh advice. My God. Right? What? This is so troubling. This is the most troubling show I've ever watched. And that's our opinion on dinosaurs. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done. Go, go, go. Ooh. No, I love it. I have a kind of cool case. And then I also have some really cool facts because I've been on vacation. So I feel a little bit more chill. So I thought, let's keep it lighthearted ish this week. Yes. Yay. Prime medium light it's like when you get a half diet pop and you're like it i this is the crime version of when you get a diet prime but then you also have a side of large fries or if you are allowed to fill up your own pop and you're like i'm gonna do half diet and half full like let's Ugh, go arnold palmer that shit my mom was going off about that she's like the best part about going to costco is getting that fountain cup and making yourself an arnold palmer and i was like my god like i fully get this Mom! Ugh, I was like, fuck. You're cool, Mom. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's pretty cool. I remember one time, uh, there's, I, like, a friend of mine that was a guy that had, like, a little bit of a crush on me, but we were in school together, so I would not date him. But he went and got me a pop. <laughs> and he mixed, I can't remember what I used to mix. It's completely gone to me. I think it was, like, Sprite and root beer. Ew. That's good. I think that's what it was. But he mixed Sprite and root beer, brought it to me, and I was like, "Is this what love feels like? Like you, yes. paid, you paid attention to me, and I still <laughs> will not date you because we're going to school together, and my education uh, is more important." <laughs> and you've been chasing that high ever since. Yo, and then I married someone that has never done that in his life. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Fuck me. Okay, so we are gonna talk about the unsolved crimes of Dino Bravo. Like Dino? Yeah. Ooh. Because dinosaur. if you Google dinosaur crimes, holy fuck, do you get into some weird shit that has nothing to do with murder? 
Yo, wasn't there one I talked about way earlier on when we were practicing about someone that was like importing fake dinosaur bones or some shit? Yeah, that's Eric, uh, like Popocus or something like that. I didn't, I looked into him and then I was like, I feel like I've heard some stuff on him, but all the stories were kind of the same and it wasn't enough meat for me. I am a carnivore when it comes to cases. You like a thick one. So on August 6, 1948, Aldolfo Bresciano was born in the Campo Basso commune in Italy. Italian hens for the world. Also, like, congrats, Italy, on that soccer cup. You nailed it. Poor Denmark. Rest in peace. My people. My people. (laughs) He was born in Italy to parents Mario, adorable, and Ossilia Bresciano. Beautiful. So... When he was a, when he was young, his parents moved him to Montreal. So, if you are unfamiliar with the great city that is Montreal, and you want to go there, well, from Vancouver to Montreal, it's only about a forty-five hour drive, and you're only going to drive about four thousand five hundred and fifty-six kilometers. Yeah, don't do that. It seems really far. I also feel like if you're going that far, just keep fucking going. Oh, but also, I will say Montreal has some, like, really incredible breweries. So fly to Ottawa and take the train there. If you you want to fly even just straight to Montreal, it's about four and a half hours with a six-hour time change. And you can get tickets right now for only $500 because we're in a pandemic. Pandemic. Mm -hmm. More fun facts about Montreal, as I like to talk about, their average precipitation per year is 1,000 millimeters, so that's about 30.9 inches of rain. If you'd like to look at Vancouver, we sit at around 2,351 millimeters, or 92.6 inches of rain. So we get three times as much rain. Welcome to BC. Welcome to our WAP, our wet-ass province. Dude, I've been telling everybody that you said that. <laughs> it's and so good. Of, half of the people I say it to don't know how to take it, and the other half are fucking overwhelmed with joy. I want a shirt that says, proud to live in a WAP, and then on the back I want to say, wet-ass province. And then a shirt that says, Italian hands. <laughs> Just a shirt with Italian hands on it, but then also like a kiss and a chef hat in the background. (laughs) So at 12 years old, after they moved to Montreal, he got really into wrestling. So in 1970, he started wrestling professionally and he started going by the name Dino Bravo. And he was trained by Gino Brito. So like, like a WWE wrestler? Uh, Yeah. Yo. So he was pretty popular. He kind of started doing a lot of amateur fighting online, online, on TV. Online didn't exist. My bad. (laughs) On TV. That's our fault. And then the late 1970s, his name became bigger. And then he became the new Canadian heavyweight champion by 1978. So he was kind of like really taking off. And it's also because he was pretty he's a pretty hefty dude he was about six feet tall and about 248 pounds so is he the rock 
nobody's the rock but he's pretty damn big no i don't know what the rock weighs but that's a he's a big boy he's great not the rock i meant this individual oh yes the rock is great sorry yes correct okay i'm glad we agree but i i just mean like this this dude is a hella big gentleman Mm mm-hmm So in 1978, he won the WWF tag team title, and but he was deleted, deleted, defeated three months later. Also deleted. Also deleted. But he returned to the WWF in the late 1986, and he showed up with like more muscles. Like he just reemerged, like Taylor Swift style, from the fucking flames. Reputation tour. What the fuck? just like rose up he had hella muscles and he had like bleached his hair but like also it's 1986 so was it a nice blonde no it's like a hardcore 9g <laughs> it is not cute but i he do orange. like what he was going for yeah it's a look he looks like and pretty- i fucking applaud it but it is a look and you have to be committed to that <laughs> man th- but that was also like um like Ric Flair and like Hulk Hogan and they were yeah, all- like everybody wanted to just have like bleached hair. Like woo, what's toner? Who cares? We don't use that. Men don't use toner. That's not true. Lots of men. I'm talking about the 80s. Me and my coworkers crying in the back. Also, also women never use toner in the 80s too because there's a lot of like really harsh like I'm gonna say sunset blondes and when I say that I mean like fucking yellow. Yellow, yellow. Yeah, toner didn't exist. No. So when he showed up looking all fine, looking all fresh, he joined here. Yeah, he joined a stable that was owned by luscious Johnny Valiant. So what a stable is, because I was like, he is a pony? The fuck is a stable? So a wrestling team called a stable just means there's usually three or more wrestlers and they all share like the motive. So if we're looking at like WWF and stuff, like there was like the Owen Hart group and like, it's basically a group of like three or more people who come out and they're all like, yo, whatever, we're going to take your title. That's like a stable, which is hilarious. Cause I guess it's full of like studs question. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. You said what I was thinking. There, there it is. Yeah. 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 So Luscious Johnny Valiant was his manager, and then he also worked with two guys named Greg the Hammer Valentine, and then, like, this poor fuck, his name was Brutus Beefcake. (laughs) Can you imagine working with Dino Bravo, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and then Brutus Beefcake shows up? Like, what's up? Yo, there's someone on the Canadian circuit called Beef Boy. That's better than Brutus Beefcake. I think it's about the same. But, like, Beef Boy, like, I really just want to go, like, Beef Boy. But, you You know know? what? He's a really good wrestler, so he can call himself whatever he wants. So props. So Brutus ended up being kicked out of their stable. And then Dino wanted to change his brand a bit. So he was a really technical wrestler when he started wrestling. Like, he really liked getting in his pins and, like, sophisticated moves. And then he became more of, like, a strongman character so he went for like the muscly type moves that really show off stuff and he went for it more as a gimmick because with his new look and the wwf like this just worked really well for him being the big guy right so 
when he started this strongman act, he claimed that he could bench 715 pounds. And then, like, the story kept changing. Like, oh, he lifted it with two pinkies. And, like, you know, it got more and more dramatic as time went. And so he ended up teaming up with a guy named Earthquake. Nice. I like that, actually. (laughs) His name's also John Tenta Jr. And, like, fun fact, he's from Surrey, British Columbia. Oh. That's pretty cool. Awesome. This is um, pre-concussion awareness, so... Yo, I have so, I think I've had a few of those, like, that checks out. Anybody that knows me, that checks out. No, but there was a, what, what the wrestler from Edmonton, um, Chris Benoit, that murdered his whole family. Well, there's that. But Earthquake was a lot taller than Dino. He was six foot seven and weighed 468 pounds. Yeah. So, like, can you imagine Dino shows up looking all, like, extra tanned with his blonde hair and then, like, like earthquakes just behind him? That's terrifying. Yep. That's fucking terrifying. So, they formed a tag team duo in wrestling. And their main beef on stage was with our boy Hulk Hogan and his nice. tag team teammate, Tugboat. Dude, Hulk Hogan... For, okay, Hulk Hogan was my mom's, like, ride or die, so... Who yes. didn't like Hulk Hogan? Truly, truly. So Hulk Hogan, but he tug- stood at... Tug- tugboat. <laughs> so Hulk Hogan stood at six foot eight. so he was actually taller than Earthquake, but he only weighed 275 pounds, so he was a lot more, like, lean. And then Tugboat was six foot three, and he weighed 384 pounds. Um, I just Googled Earthquake. And how do you feel? That's a really big man. I'm glad you specifically made sure you looked up the man because my dumbass would have typed in earthquake and like scrolled for three pages and be like, why are there no photos? No, yeah, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. And the toys that they made of him gave him a more generous hairline than he has in real life. Dude, if I can make a toy of me, like, fuck yeah, it would look so good. Oh, yeah, I'm not hating on him. Just My mullet it. would be so, it would be like mid-back, like fucking mid-back mullet on that doll. Dude, Ugh. Earthquake, not to derail your, your story here, but Earthquake had another tag team where they were called, it was Earthquake and Typhoon, and they were called the Natural Disasters. Oh my god. <laughs> I like that. So I'm going to message Tara immediately. I found our Halloween costume, boo. Yo, I'm going to, I'm sending this to you. You thousand percent have. <laughs> so he had all of his beef with these two. And then in April, 1992, he desire, decided to retire from wrestling mm-hmm. and move on to j- becoming like a trainer and more of a manager. So a year after he retired on March 10th, 1993, uh, Dino was found dead in his house at the age of 44 with 17 gunshot wounds to his body. Oh, my God. So nobody really knows for sure who killed him, but everybody really speculates that it was a mob boss in Montreal named Vic Catroni who yeah. ran like a cigarette smuggling deal because... Dino was actually related to Vic by his nephew. His nephew married into his family, so he had a connection straight to this family. So due to his like size and his intimidation factor and everything, um, 
it's believed that he was involved in cigarette smuggling and that's what happened to him. Nobody actually knows. Really? Yeah. That's so fucked up. That's such a, and like, uh, that's such a interestingly low profile, may I say low profile incident? Cigarette smuggling? But like, you can make mad money off that. That's why when people go down to the States or like Mexico and stuff, they buy cartons of it. The resale value on cigarettes is like pretty high. And if they were certain ones not in the area in like the 80s or something, like who knows? But like to shoot somebody over that? I, I, like, yeah, I, I'm not, if it's I'm, big enough that the mob's involved, it's big enough that it's worth some big money. So something must have happened. Totally, totally, totally. And I'm like sitting here with my like white girl you know went to school job and i know nothing about anything on on my true crime podcast (laughs) it's wild so yeah i'm just kind of like wow but fuck that's that's unfortunate i it's too bad that's really too bad because Mm -hmm. you were you were a public figure you know yeah so that's yeah fuck Are you ready to bring it up with some cool facts? Absolutely. Okay. So, did you know that the world's largest dinosaur is in Canada? No. Her name is Tyra, and she is in Drumheller, Alberta. I call it Alberta. I have visited her. I saw her when I went, but I never went up there. But Tyra is the world's largest dinosaur. Atta girl. She stands at 86 feet tall, so it's 25 meters. It's 106 stairs to climb to the top, and 12 people can stand in her mouth at once. I am looking her up right now. She's 4.5 times bigger than a real T-Rex. Oh, my God. She's 151 meters long, and she's 145,000 pounds. And her website is worldlargestdinosaur.com. If you Google Tyra dinosaur, a beautiful red Tyrannosaurus Rex comes up. Oh, I know. I looked at it earlier. Oh, but this dinosaur cost biggest yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Dinosaur. But she's a re- she's a Rex. Yeah, she's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but she's like the biggest dinosaur in the world, which I think is really cool that it's in Alberta. Alberta, like Drumheller, has so many things. But yeah, that's that's. Like that's incredible. Uh, actually, fun, fun. Like oddly enough, I was I have a T Rex on my leg, so I was like walking to get groceries today, and someone stopped me, and they're like, "Yo, it's a t- it's a T Rex," and I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Was a T Rex a scavenger or a hunter?" Oh I like, no! I was like, I honestly don't know, but I feel like a scavenger because I know they were incredibly quick, but they didn't have the arms. They got no arms, just big head. So my uneducated opinion feels like they were more scavengers than hunters unless something was injured or picked away or, you know. I don't know if you've seen Jurassic Park, but they are definitely hunters. Okay. Yo, man. Jurassic Park, I feel like I love Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. I feel like betrayed because raptors apparently had feathers and shit, so. That makes them way cooler. I know, right? They're like fluffy. Yes. 
But if you want to visit Drumheller, you can go to the Royal Tyrell Museum of Dinosaurs. Been there. Five stars. Recommend the Dino Dig. It's for children. Didn't know that. Still had a great time. (laughs) Hey, I would do it. You also should play, like, who is it, like, Sting when you drive through because, like, it's fields of gold because it's just canola fields, like, the whole fucking drive. That shit is gold and yellow and flat, and it's wild. Love it. Five stars to you, Drumheller. Like, a few stars to Alberta. I don't know what's going on with you right now. Love you, but you guys got chill. But other than that, tight place to visit Tyra. And I am totally going to get a fluffy dinosaur tattooed on my leg. <gasps> Very cute. Ta-da! Dinosaurs! Woo! Not the mama. Clever girls. We nailed it. Oh. Ugh, hot Robbie, check. Dinosaurs, check. I think that's the whole episode summed up. Also, Robbie's sister was super cool. She was always yeah. like wanting her, like, remember she wanted like her, her, like, your, I don't know, her thing pierced. Yeah, her like fan or whatever. Yeah. She wanted to put a stud in it. Good girl. Live your best bad life. Do it. But yeah. That's us. I guess like, I don't know. Embrace your weird uh, cartoon crushes because it's perfectly healthy. And for the love of God, don't fucking smuggle cigarettes across the border. There's other things you yeah. can do. Skincare is way better. Bring oh. that back from Mexico. First, yeah. Seriously? Yes. Or from wherever. We'll buy it. I'll buy it. Yeah. Like, much better. Much better. You'll make more money. I promise. And y'all know where to reach us. Deep nerder. Throw gmail.com on it to send us an email. I'm getting so fucking lazy with this part. We have to just record it. We'll record it. Oh my God. I'll just, re- yeah, that would be way chiller. If not, just reach us there. Uh, if you have any questions for Brit, you can also contact us. If you have any dinosaur facts, I would love to fucking hear them. Truly. So would Brit. So would Brit. Uh, other than that, Thanks for listening. Goodbye. God damn it. No. <laughs> Later. Bye. <laughs>